Welcome to Prattle World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Alternativity Stories, a month-long look at alternative stories set around the most wonderful time of the year. And Happy New Year, everyone. I wish you all the best in this new oncoming year. Uh, I would like to wish my sister, Sophie, a happy birthday. Um, She once said to me, she made a really insightful comment, and she went, I hate my birthday. I always have to wait a whole year for it. (laughs) You know, happy birthday uh, to my sister. And I hope I've humiliated her enough with that comment. Um, And I hope you, everyone keeps their uh, New Year's resolutions if they can. uh, And maybe... Maybe don't set your expectations too high with uh, New Year's resolutions, because sometimes you might not be able to keep them, as as I have often found. But speaking of old acquaintances who should be forgot, I am here with my old acquaintance, Dennis Whittle. We're going to celebrate for the first time in Alternativity Stories, New Year's, the holiday that comes very close after Christmas, but is maybe a tad disappointing often and not as celebrated as as any of the other holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, you name it, any of those. So we're here to talk two slasher films set on New Year's Eve, uh, Terror Train, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, and New Year's Evil, starring lesser known people. But Dennis, how are you? How has your year been? It's, it's been wonderful. It's good to be here. I've missed you terribly. My New Year's resolution for this year mm. is to be more of a twat that i can believe and i think you'll accomplish that because i that, think you, that's you, my you, that's my plan you've leveled up in your your twat ship i think yeah I've, I've been, I, think. I think i do think i've been too nice to people over last year and i think 
Nah, not anymore. No, you're going to stop all that. Just put out there, I hate New Year with an absolute passion. Any any reason in particular? I don't like forced fun, for starters. And I don't like this kind of like pressure that's put on everyone to kind of like... Enjoy. It's like like if you're going to have sex with a porn star. You know, there's a bit of pressure on you to perform and you just go, dumb. Or there might be so much pressure, you might even not even be in. If if it's me, there's a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I can blow someone's back out. (laughs) I think you blow, if I remember Malta, um, you blew your own back out quite a few times. I did. In a a fecal way. Um, I've just had a poo a few minutes ago too, and that was nice. Yeah, I know. You you do keep me updated on all your bowel movements, and I, I truly do appreciate all the updates. Uh, so thank thank you for that. Um, How was your year? You know what? It's it's been really good. I think we're podcast wise, it's been good. I've made a move. Um, you know, it's been over a year now since you helped me move into my flat. So that's um, not obviously on New Year's, but it's been over that, and I appreciated that. And and I've enjoyed my space, my uh, my my fortress of solitude. I've enjoyed that, and I've got a new job as well. So I'm going to be making some some more money soon. So hopefully that will help me manage a lot more uh, stuff. Um, but I think I think podcast wise, it's gone from strength to strength. I've had I think we've had a lot of uh, diverse voices, diverse topics, and films and comics. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to do that I. I wasn't able to do, but I I think it's been really good anyway. I think we've had some excellent new guests, some excellent returning guests. Um, so yeah, I think I've had a I've had a pretty good year. Uh, compa- in comparison to 2020, I think 2021 has been okay. It's been it, it's been a lot better than the previous year. And I think I think everyone would agree on some level. Um, yes. You know, depending what they've been through, what they've gone through, uh, I think it has been a step up in in terms of uh, years. Anyway, Jesus, you really brought the tone down, aren't you, mate? I know. Oh, <laughs> I, anyway. was just gonna, I was just going to follow up and say, if anyone walks into your new abode with a black light, they're going to be shocked. There's a yeah. Well, the walls are already a kind of uh, a, a pale blue, yeah, so, like uh, a Jackson Pollock, <laughs> or like a Jackson Bollock. Well, hey, way anyway, empty moving those, on, <laughs> emptying those bollocks out all over the walls. Anyway. <laughs> I almost joked then. <laughs> Trying to kill me. See the new year in us. Kill his friend. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any resolutions apart from not being a twat? Um, I don't really do resolutions because I, I think it puts pressure on you to do stuff. Sure. I'd like to lose a bit of weight, so I'm going to get Amy to move out. Um, <laughs> a little bit of baggage. Too much. Yeah, baggage. a little bit of baggage. No. Um, I don't know. Don't really have any. Um, I would say buy less comics. Cause I'm not going to keep to that. I would say buy less action figures ain't gonna happen. Even though, I, even though I want to be a twat, I also want to be a better person. And I, I kind of, I, I said to, I said to my wife today, I said, you know, New Year would be better mental health. I think that's a yeah. big one for me. I, I do having a better year. I think, I think you've come such a long way in managing, you know, the issues and stuff. And and I know that kind of this time last year was not a good time really no. um, for yourself. And I think, I think you've done an amazing job and to, to balance all the stuff you do, your work, your family life, you know, and, and still doing silly shit like this with me. Um, I do it really appreciate it. Yeah, well, me sane. This well, is the one. Same here, same here. This is why I'm, you know, and, and there's a few other guests as well that say, you know, this really, you know, it does help my mental health. I've had two or three guests say the same sort of thing. So if I can help in some small way, I can give something back. Uh, and, you know, and and I truly appreciate everybody who's been a guest and, and you, gives up their time to do this. You know, I almost didn't see the end of the year. You know, but yeah, that is that is true. That is true. And um, you know, this has got serious. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll lighten it up later. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, don't worry. We're going to talk about silly slasher shit in a moment. But it's just it's just good to. I think it's good to. It's it's not Thanksgiving, but uh, that's another holiday entirely. But I think there's a lot to be thankful for in in your year and my year. A lot of opportunities as well. A lot of things have have happened and and stuff as well. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a really good year for for me, and I think it's been a good year for for yourself as well. So, uh, why? Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, but anyway, I'm, I'm very proud of you. Even if you are, <laughs> even if you are up in your twattishness, I do, I do appreciate you, Dennis. I do appreciate. I'm getting all misty-eyed, uh, and I've got a Christmas present to give you a little later on the podcast as well. So I'm sure. That well, hey, don't have to bend sh- over for it. Absolutely, 100. Fantastic. Um, it's, it's the only way you're going to get it on. Um, I, I believe. <laughs> right, let's begin. We've we've dabbled enough. We've talked about all sorts of shite. Uh, but yes, we are here to talk. We're back again talking about slashes, as we often do. And we're talking uh, Terror Train and New Year's Evil. But before we talk about either of them, I've got to list the reasons that we are doing a Clone Balls comparison yet again with these two similar films. So first of all, as I've already said, both of the slashes are set on New Year's Eve. Um, I think Terror Train is technically set on two New Year's Eves, Eve I, if you will. Both released in 1980, only a couple of months apart. I think this. I think Terror Train was released in October, and uh, New Year's Evil was released in December. Both killers wear masks of famous comedians from the 1930s and 40s. So in Terror Train, we have Groucho Marx, and and then in New Year's Evil, we have Stan Laurel is the mask. So kind of these big caricatures of those comedic actors. Both killers' preferred weapon is a switchblade. Both films feature the discovery of a body, uh, which occurs after finding one of the victim's high heels. And both films feature live music played by a band. Well, you could call them bands. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What kind of quality we're talking? Um, band. <laughs> right. So let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about the Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis. So this was directed. She did a huge series of films back to back, which uh, which got her the label, the Scream Queen. So we're talking Halloween, Prom Night, Terror Train, Road Games, Halloween Two, The Fog, all of them. That's how she got this name. And that, that, that was in the space of four years she made all those films. So uh, here she is again. So tell us the plot of Terror Train. Well, it's based around a practical joke gone wrong. Is that a sinister voice? Is that okay? Yeah, it's um, good. So, so basically, um, Jim Lee Curtis and a few weird people um, in a frat house, medical students, which you should always be wary of, do a prank. The prank goes horribly wrong. You have a, a couple years skit, and it's... Um, New Year's Eve, they're going on a little party. Little instead of a party bus, they're going for a party steam train. God, these guys know how to party. Yeah, in steam train with some of the worst fancy dress outfits you'll ever see. <laughs> and as the party continues throughout the night, people involved with the practical joke are murdered. Dun dun dust uh, foul. Dun, dun, That's dun. pretty much it, isn't it? Oh, and you got a magician. <laughs> yeah. So effectively, we have uh, Kenny. Who is this nerd who who looks like it looks like his dreams are coming true and he's being set up with Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, I want to say Alana, her name is her character's name, maybe, but probably just call her Jamie Lee. So it looks like he's going to have sex with her. Apparently, she likes him. They're like, yeah, 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 go. And she's not really that keen on this practical joke and like doesn't know the kid, not sure about it. She's led into a room. She hides behind the bed and and there's somebody in the bed 
that is not Jamie Lee. And he comes in, starts disrobing, and everyone's giggling and laughing and like, hee hee. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden he, he gets into bed and expects Jamie Lee to be there and to, to kiss. But it turns out it's a dismembered body that one of the medical students has brought up from the morgue. And uh, We've all been there. I mean, it happens, don't you? Yeah, like, like, like you know, the, the, there's a phrase flogging, flogging a dead horse, which is kind mm. of, I guess, is is often used if uh, uh, no one's. If Listen, one, it was Bundy's favorite pastime, <laughs> flogging a dead horse. Well. Uh, probably, Kenny loses it and does a kind of balletic pirouette. What is that about? Just starts spinning. He starts. He realizes what's happened and starts spinning around and around and around. Gets all tangled up in the in the bedding, kind of sheets and curtains or whatever you call them uh and then we skip ahead three years later and it's still new years and it's all the same people they've organized this this train ride with this kind of costume party and they're going to see out the new year and apparently uh uh hart bockner who plays a very imaginative uh title the screenwriters gave gave him uh the character's name it was it's doc I was like oh i've got to write about some medical students um uh, oh i've got to think of some original names mm, doc yeah that sounds great uh so uh he plays ellis in die hard if, and he plays kind of a similar knob in this he's the guy who like he likes playing practical jokes with um with body parts from the morgue again still doing that and he paid for all this. And Jamie Lee's angry because she didn't think it was his idea. It was thought it was a boyfriend's idea. And it's this whole thing. And that is basically the premise. And it's implied that Kenny is still around. He he apparently killed somebody before he went to university. And he went to a mental institution, lost it. But apparently he's back and he's killing people on the train. He's bringing the terror to the train. So uh, what did you think on the whole to, to this one, Dennis? I didn't think there was much terror, but lots of train. There, are, There is a lot of train. I think I do, I do like films set on trains. I, think it, I do. There's something interesting. I like, like Horror yeah, Express. Murder in the Orient or, Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good movie. Horror Express. Yeah, you've got, um, you know, uh, Snowpiercer is really good yeah. as well. Yeah. I, the only the only issue I have is like with on these trains there always seems to be I, I'm always like where do they where do they bathe sleep and shit because it's not always that clear and and there's a lot of stuff going on on this train where it's where the killer um, which one one part of the film I really do like is the killer keeps changing the costumes after he kills someone he takes their costume as a new disguise so he goes from a Groucho Marx to a lizard man to an old monk. You know, and there's all these different kind of changes. So you're never quite sure who the killer is, but you kind of also kind of do know who it is as well. And I like I like that element. Um, and I like that, you know, you're not quite sure, you know, is, is it them? Is it not them? There's a lot of those elements. I think they could have played with that a bit more. They could have played with that ability. But I won't go into the kind of spoilers just yet, but there's a, a reason why I kind of think even though it doesn't make sense because the killer moves about quite quickly. There's a scene early on where I'm like, technically that turns out to be the killer, but how can that be the killer in them already be there in that outfit? You know, it doesn't doesn't exactly track. Uh, but obviously they're trying to give you a lot of kind of red herrings and you think, well, he's a bit dodgy. Doc's a bit dodgy. The killer might be him or the magician's a bit dodgy. It could be him. You know, it's there's a lot of kind of red herrings going on. But I kind of feel like, yeah, this someone would have noticed somebody going back and forth that that often, even with a disguise on or not. 
you would see that person going back quite a bit, forward quite a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm applying logic to a 1980s slasher film, which is probably my my issue. But yeah, there is something about it where I was like, I'm not sure if that would, you know, it, it, you would notice somebody coming. Like you said, on the on those trains, you can open those doors. You have to proper open those old school doors and, and go in the gap and then open the next door to the next carriage, you know. Do you think the logistics of the of the train work in this particular film? No, because basically they show you probably four different carriages, mm. not including the engine. But when you see the train on like the long shots, it's very very long. Mm. But they seem to be either in the disco, in the magic show, in the bedroom area, in the kind of like posh area where they take back back the girls to go, you know, do a little bit of naughtiness. Um, those, yeah, they've got those separate sections for like. Yeah. Pri- there's like private rooms. There's like a the regular rooms for people that just. Even, the, even you only see the private rooms once, really, don't you? Hmm. Um, yeah. when, when they first get on, they're not really kind of shown back again. And there's only two toilets for the whole train. Apparently there's two which toilets. A bunch of students having a party getting pissed, two two toilets. That's not gonna work, is and it? And there's and there's not a lot of privacy, but there seems to be like they do seem to a lot of them seem to have a lot of space and it's only like them in one whole carriage and yeah. things like that. And I'm like, I don't I don't buy that. And and again, they're like shagging here and shagging there, and I'm like, I don't technically shagging buy everywhere. that. Shagging everywhere. <laughs> like as I mean, I remember you watching this because we watched this with you, you and your you your wife uh and we were watching it and we were just like so much shagging and i'm, I'm like guys have you not seen a slasher film before this is basically what it is yeah, but they're like box of hamsters they kind of went from one to the other <laughs> you know and i you know stis on a train come on rampant 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 just i just i didn't like i i, I thought i'd seen this film but i hadn't hmm. so watching it brand new it just the it's on a train, so you expect the pace to match the train, and it really doesn't. It, it's on what uh, 100, and, I think it's on 97 minutes. Mm-hmm. It feels like a week and a half. There is, there is a lot. I think with both of these films as well, they don't show that much gore. No, it's quite, it's quite minimal. And I think that I think that's kind of is a good thing in a way that it's a bit more like a Psycho or a Halloween, where it's not like blood everywhere and stuff. I mean, there is blood, and there is you can see cuts and stuff yeah but even with like these these kind of like halloween sort of movies there's not much going in it but at least there's suspense at least there's something to kind of Hmm. get you invested i i said to you don't have with i don't give a crap if they all die apart from the old man who's driving the train because he was cute yeah the rest i wasn't invested in anybody at all i've definitely said this before on the podcast but i think with the slasher film you've either got to love everybody or you've got to hate everybody yeah if I you, hate it if, if you're if you're middle of the road, then it's it's not going to work. Apart from Jamie Lee Curtis, they're all they're all really bad people. Yeah, they're you not know. great. They're all no, cheating you, on each other. They're all being sleazy or weird or creepy. Even her, her boyfriend, they have a bit of a row. What does he do? Goes to her with the big pants on. Yes. Yeah, so you you have your um, there's a lot of odd costumes in this. I would yes. say that you got like yeah. a Yankee budget restraints. I imagine. Yeah, there's a Yankee Doodle Dandy. There's pirate gear, monks, lizard men. You name it. There's everything. Um, but one of them, as you described, was Simon Cowell, which is just a woman who is wearing nothing but very high-waisted trousers that cover up her breasts. And and then for some reason, there's a hand coming out of the top of the trousers. I, I didn't get that one. No. I, yeah, I was like, you know when you see like an interesting like Halloween costume, and they're like, I'm this thing. And I'm like, right, 
sure and it's like a you know it's like a turn of phrase or something or i don't know I, just like really odd like like i never want to go to like i i hate i used to hate going to conventions and going as a really obscure character because just people are like who are you and i'll just be like oh for god's sake i have to answer the question i have to do I have to tell everybody go on this website it's in this comic is i'm like oh it's just exhausting um but with this i'm just like i have no idea what half the people were thinking no, it but, was bizarre like you said, um, the director of this film is is no has been done quite a bit, and this was his mm. first first film. Uh, he edited a lot of films for Sam Peckinpah, so uh, things like The Wild Bunch, I think he edited, and a few other films like that. But he would go on to direct <laughs> quite a mixed bag of films, I'll, I'll, I'll say. So he went on to direct Stop or My Mum Will Shoot. That's terrifying. Yeah, that, that's probably scarier than that. This is, one. Yeah, I'd say so. Turner and Hooch. Ah, oh, cute. The Sixth Day, <sighs> and uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, quite a varied career he's had. There's more films. I'm just I'm just taking those, pulling those out of uh, obscurity. Did I like Tomorrow Never Dies? Which one's that one? That's the one where um, they try and take over the world using the media. Ah, oh, her stamper. That's the one. Yeah, I like that one. I think that's Pierce's best. Yeah, so it's not bad. It's not bad. I think I think that would work better nowadays, though. You know, with yeah. social media and the news cycle and everything, I think, I think there's the you know, in data and things, I think there's something to be said for that. At least they don't have an invisible car in it. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. So you you mentioned um, the magician, the role of the magician in this yeah. is is played by an up and coming, very young David Copperfield. Not the fictional character, not the Dickensian character, but the the magician. I hate magicians. I'm not fond of them either. Hate them. I just I just think it's fraud. Just fraud, just lies. It is. It's, lies. it's complete lies. If if any if anyone else has come up to you in the street and say, right, I'm going to make you know make your money disappear, you'd beat them up. <laughs> you know, it's all lies. It's, I'm going to cut your wife in half. No, you fucking yeah, not. No, they go. Oh, it's illusion, and they're so up their own ass. There is a there is a, there is a pretension with with magicians. I've met I've met some personally, not just seeing them in a show. I remember I went to see a big. State. We did a big stage production once for like a of a little play we were doing, and someone did close up magic on a stage, and I was like, "What's the fucking point?" And and I, I remember seeing another magician, and she was like, she made out like a big deal that she was a female magician, and I was like. And she was, she was, she used like a stick figure. She went, look at this card. It's a stick figure. That's a bloke that is. And I'm like, no, a stick figure doesn't indicate any gender, any sex. It's just a fucking stick figure. If you say you're a female magician, that could be a female magician. You don't need to apply anything to that. I've, I've had lots of experiences where I don't think magicians have social skills. So what they'll do is they'll just go, here's my social skills. It's a magic trick and try and win people over. And then when you actually talk to them, they're weird. The only one, the only one I, the only one I half like is our old friend Dan Burgess. I've never seen him do any magic. I, I think he I did imagine a video grumpy once. magic. He, I mean he can be grumpy. He can be grumpy um on, on a bad day. <laughs> he's lovely though isn't he? I, like, I, I like him a lot. He's one of my, yeah, favorite, so one of my favorites. But uh but yeah um, he's the he's Sarah the likes magician. magicians. Sarah yeah. likes magicians. I think she likes uh because with Sarah every day is a bonus. She kind of wakes up oh it's a new day look at the sky I think she likes the illusiony side of it. Okay. I think she I think she likes oh did they do that? Well I'm thinking well it's not magic is it? They've not it's not Harry Potter. For Christ's it's not, sake. It's not real magic. It's yeah. not sorcery. He's not a Jedi, for Christ's sake. <laughs> it's it's an illusion. He's he's it, it, the conning you to think that they've put that coin in that glass. I don't mind magicians that have a sense of humor, but the ones that are like take it too seriously and pretentious about it, I don't like. Much like David Copperfield. And yes, uh, he's a pretentious bastard, isn't he? He is. Oh, uh, it's uh, a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tell him. Tell him. And he's got his eyebrows do all his acting. Yeah, he's got this. He's got this very like very over the top hairdo. This big bold cut thing going on. And how much of a pervert is he? Yeah, he's a bit of a perv. He's he's a bit dodgy. Or, apparently, all of his magic tricks were performed, and the camera sees the whole magic trick in this. They're all tricks he would normally do. There's no apparently. There's no like editing or special effects or anything. This is just all him. Uh, mm. Apparently, but apparently he did. Well, I think str- he struggled to learn his lines as well. Yeah, and I also think he was wanting to give Jamie Lee Curtis a. a, a a bit of a magic show, you know. Slight, I'm going to show you a bit of sleight of hand. Yeah, I'm going to show you how my penis disappears. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is that bad? Oh dear, too far. I tell you what. Moving on. Speaking of penis, <laughs> speaking of penises disappearing, uh, Vanity is in this film. Uh, so Vanity was like Prince's muse, like one of his several kind of uh, muses he discovered, and kind She's of very pretty. She is very pretty, and yeah. uh, and she, he. He gave her her name, and he said that Vanity is a is you know it's like a female. She's like a female version of me. That's why I call her Vanity. But apparently, that wasn't the original name he wanted to give her. He wanted to give her the name of Vagina. But yeah, she went. No, nah, I don't think that'll quite sell. But you no, might, no. You might, you might know her from her song Nasty Girl. You know Nasty Girl. Fantasy. No, I'm a nasty girl. No, I don't know. You look like a nasty girl, though. <laughs> I'm filth. I'm pure yeah. filth. But the, but the thing is, they kind of, apart from Jamie Lee Curtis and the guy from Die Hard and Supergirl, mm-hmm. um, the, the rest of the cast are pretty crap. Pretty forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. And and the acting is just, like, we, we had a discussion, didn't we, very early mm. on that. We were convinced it was dubbed in places. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just it, the mouth went and the words come out. And it's like it was it was filmed it was filmed on mostly on a train or mostly on a set. I think like there was bits and pieces that were done on both. So I don't know if it was maybe the noise of rocking the carriage or yeah, the, or, and, or and, the train. And there were very much parts of it that kind of made me think of uh, Italian horror because there's, there's a lot of kind of oh this soft is this focus. is like. Oh yeah, a whole film is, yeah. is kind of shot in soft focus. But this is also Canuck exploitation. So I I also think that maybe a couple of the actors maybe sounded a bit too Canadian, and I think mm. they might have, they might have dubbed them over just so they yeah, can yeah. sell it in the US. That's why we did we just did laws, didn't they? Mm. But no, it's I think it's got elements. Like the last fifty minutes, I thought is I thought the last fifty minutes is quite yeah. good. Yeah. I thought the pace is good. I thought the kind of cat and mouse was quite cool. Gore was good. The, the gore the, was good. But you've got the section where she he pulls out her earring and she starts yeah, bleeding. And he stabs her in the stabs him in the head. Yeah, yeah. and I I think because all the all the way through it, you kind of know who the killer is because it told you in the first five seconds of the movie. Well, apparently they went back and shot a prologue because initially there was no prologue. It was just, we're on the train. And it was like, and then they kind of like subtly slide in a bit of backstory. I don't think you needed all that kind of mystery and hiding. and Like, don't get me wrong, the reveal's really cool. Hmm. I think it's a good reveal. I have no idea what the guy's motivation is with spinning around. Every time yeah. he spins around, you spin me right round, baby, baby right, right round, round, like a record, baby. Right. Right, right, um, right. So, so I struggle with that. I also think that there's a lot of overacting in it as well. There's a which, lot of which bit? Which bits? Oh, the guy from Supergirl when he's going, when he's screaming because he's looking for his girlfriend and then he finds his girlfriend and yeah. He's like over the top. I also don't think this is Jamie Lee Curtis's best acting performance either. I think she's she's very by the numbers in this, in my yeah. opinion. A, a thing about I like about this one is I like the revenge angle. 
I like the bullying, the revenge angle, because it's a lot like Prom Night. I think this is a better yeah. version of Prom Night, basically, yeah. um, because I think Prom Night is shocking in comparison to this. I don't think this is great. I don't think it's necessarily worse than Prom Night. They, the characters are pretty underwritten. Like I would say there's there's not much to them other than he's a bit of a dick and likes a practical joke, and he doesn't like this guy because he likes magic. And, you know, there's... It's various. It's 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 very one note. All the characters, even even the final girl, even Jag Lee Curtis, is giving it her all. She's giving yeah. it her all, but there's there's not much for her to work with other than I didn't know. I'm sorry, it wasn't my fault. That's kind of it. And I've said it. I said it a, um, a few minutes ago. But the pacing of of the movie for me is all wrong. With a slasher movie, if you're going to have a slow pacing, you want suspense. You want to build up and build up and build up. With this, it's slow, but there's absolutely no suspense in it at all. Mm. There's, there's no times you go, ooh, didn't see that coming. The, the thing, like I said earlier, the thing I like is the changing of the costumes. But I think because they show all the kills, and there is that twist at the end, and I think that twist yeah. works. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- very I think, good. I think Again, yeah, like last, last 15 minutes are good. Yeah, yeah, last 15 minutes quality. But if you show someone kill the other person and take the costume, then you know what costume to look out for. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, it's it's that person. So I think there are elements where there should have been at least one kill where we didn't see who it was. Like it was like maybe a ran, absolute random and not part of the revenge plot, but you don't know what outfit they were in, but you find the body and then I, and then they have to work out who it is. I also think there's lines in the movie, which is obviously put in there to kind of make you think about, but it's just dropped in like... Jamie Lee Curtis at one point goes, well, I went to visit him. He killed before. He's like, well, why didn't you bring that up earlier? Why didn't you bring that up before we did the practical joke on him? Well, apparently she visited him after the practical joke, and this is three years later. So she found that it's just, afterwards. It, it, but it's such a throwaway comment. I agree, I agree. Um, and he's, he's, there's, there was no need to put that in there that he's killed before, or possibly killed before. Yeah. yeah. But no, I just... They spend a lot of time outside the train at the beginning, you know, whooping and jumping up and down and stuff. I've never seen a bunch of, there'd be about, what, 18, 20, 24 year olds going to get excited about a fucking steam train. Like if that, I believe if that was, if it was me as a kid or me in that, as that age, I'd be like, you're a fucking, even I would be like, you're a fucking nerd. (laughs) You're a fucking train spotter, you know, like that, that's not like. All respect to people who like train spotting and stuff, you know. Come on, I collect comics, but, mate. I can't, yeah, I, I, you know. Can't, we can't really talk. <laughs> no. um, you know, I, I have a friend who's quite keen on trains and stuff, and and that's great, and I, I appreciate that fandom. It's not something for me, but fair play. If you enjoy it and get a lot out of it, fair enough. But if it was me, you know, t- you know, 10 years ago, you know, 23 years of age, I'd probably be like, fucking trains for a party. You know, I've been to a stag do where we went We went to an arcade in the Traffin Centre. That was basically it. That was the stag do. So, you know, I've been to pretty crap parties in my time, crap events. So I, I totally get it. But yeah, I, I, it's not it's not rip-roaring exciting, is it? Really? No, but I think, I, I think they... <laughs> They also, say, they also never say where they're heading. No, no, they don't, which is... And it, it seems... They use a lot of stock image as well. So you see the train on the same bit of track quite a few times, and the daylight is weird. One minute it's pitch black, then it's kind of like just dusk, and then it's it's morning, And it, but it's, it's very weird to... You know, the Doc character explains... It's almost, it explains why they're on a train, because can't get off, you can't run away in a train. The, the train... <laughs> They're going for maybe like that claustrophobic stuff, but it doesn't work. Do you think there's too many people on the train? I think there's too many people on the train. I think the ambiguity of how long the train is and all the little all the little rooms. 
you know, if you want to do kind of like a, a claustrophobic film, do something like Descent, hmm. which you feel, you know, I saw that in the cinema and it's and you feel the tight spaces. I just don't think you feel this. I mean, there's there's something you you're going to mention in the next film, I'm sure, towards the end about people not noticing things. And I think yeah. there is, I think there's a lot more of that in this. Yes. Um, of people just someone would have seen something at least one point. There's no way. But also, again, I'll we'll get into the reveal at the end in a little bit. But there's kind of a reason why I think that is. <laughs> Speaking of Vanity and Jamie Lee Curtis, around this time they were both romantically linked with Adam Ant. Well, that changes the debate completely, doesn't it? Anyway, just just a bit of tri- throwing a bit of trivia in there. The people the after the trivia. I do find it weird that like that the two th- you know they have a magician as um entertainment and they have um the worst um, band in the world. Yeah, the band was pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like like your wife Sarah said, this film is stupid. That was her description. Everything on the train was stupid. Um, I think were her words. And and it was like, how do they have enough room for one a magician, two a band? And are those at the separate ends of the train, or where do they fit them in? What are the lo- what are the logistics and the locations of this? Because I quite just- like I quite like the bit where um, he does his first magic tricks with the cards and things. And they're all sat cross-legged like they're at school. <laughs> Good. Ooh! <laughs> really? These guys have just been shagging, drinking, and doing whatever. And now they're sat there going, ooh, look at him. He's made a card disappear. I mean, I don't I don't know what 1980 I was just before my time, clearly, but I don't know how exciting 1980 was. So maybe magic tricks were all the rage. No. Illusionists. No, it's the way they sat with the legs crossed like they're in school assembly. <laughs> it's just it's just a bit odd. I was just I I was disappointed with it because I like Jamie Lee Curtis, um, and I like kind of films where you can't get away from stuff, you know, Alien and, and yeah, that like, kind of stuff, you know, like like bottle films where they're yeah. trapped, trapped in one location, like Twelve Angry Men, or as we've mentioned many times, if you're going to do that, you need to build suspense. Alien builds suspense, you know. Descent builds suspense. This also- doesn't build to anything. Also, the, the the issue as well is it, it's again it's a logistical thing where we don't know where the killer is and we don't know where everyone else is. We don't know what the beginning of the train is, what the carriage in the middle is, where the the end of the train is, where the conductor is, and all the you know the driver and everything, where the back of the train is. We don't know where they're going or where they're heading or what connects to what. So so there's no way to build up suspenses in the killer is coming closer or you know creeping towards you or anything like that because we just don't know where we are in the scene where we are in the train on the train what's next to the train what's in the next carriage like I would have loved to have seen a shot where it would go along the train and you could see what each carriage was and what was in each carriage uh, you know, maybe just the conductor walking through before everyone got on the train, just to kind of go, okay, that's that's where the yeah. stage is, that's where the front of the train is, that's where all the the beds are, that where that's where all the luggage is kept. You know, that's that little cage place. And they, and they, they do that on the new murder of the Orient Express. The, the camera before it sets off goes all the way down the train, so you know what each of the carriages are. That does build suspense. That does make you think whatever. But this is just obviously there's budget restraints. It's a slasher yeah. movie. It was probably. Yeah. 
it was probably made up like 50p or something but even even with a even with a very very small budget you can still again we'll go back to halloween you know with a very small budget you can make it's almost like you're forced into making suspense because you haven't got the money to do the payoffs well, the the writer had seen halloween and silver streak like in a, a double bill or something and he went what, he said to his wife what do you think about halloween on a train and she was like that's a terrible idea and he wrote down terrible train <laughs> and he was like maybe not terrible train terror train it's not scary it's not suspenseful it does have some moments in it i, I don't understand when people go missing nobody misses them so they all like there's, there's, a, there's a core group of of people including doc jamie lee curtis character girl with a strange name she called wimpy or something M- M- mitchy mitchy yeah these are the ones who are at the beginning with the with the practical joke they're supposed to be really good friends yet they're slowly disappearing and nobody notices nobody and i'll be honest if i went on if i was on a on a thing with like five or six good friends I'd be like where's dad gone oh it's okay he's dead I, i'll be honest when i used to go on nights out when i'd had enough i would just fucking leave i wouldn't tell anybody i would just be like yeah, but that says a lot about you i'm just like i'm just going yeah but people be worried about you you think and, oh my god you know, he's the, out there in the world and they'll send me a message and stuff and i'll just be like yeah i just i just i, think I didn't want to do the whole eh, goodbye 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 and especially if it's in like a nightclub and there's so many people i was just like what it is you didn't want him to go yippee dan's gone <laughs> that that <laughs> he's leaving <laughs> fantastic now we can actually have a fucking great time <laughs> happy new year <laughs> Uh, we don't, we, nobody, nobody has to kiss Dan. Way, I'll kiss you, Dan. Uh, that's another thing about New Year's I don't like. Where you're like, you kind of like, if I don't kiss anybody, I'm gonna feel like a fucking loser. Okay. Daniel, I'm just gonna tell you now, my lips are always here for you. Yeah, but then there's also the the pressure of of someone wanting to kiss you as well. I guess there's like, and you don't want to, you don't yeah. want, oh, you're like, oh fuck that, no. I don't want to kiss him. And 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 have you noticed people on the listening to the podcast? He's avoided my lips thing twice now. Should I be offended? I don't. Know. I always, I always avoid your lips because I, I, I don't, don't know. know, I don't know where they've been. I don't know which ones you're talking about, Dennis. <laughs> when you when you say when you say you're puckering up for a kiss, I'm like, I don't know which which end you're talking about. Does it matter? Shit comes out of them both. <laughs> Absolutely, especially on this podcast. Uh, You're so mean. <laughs> I line them up, you shoot them down. Um, did you did you like the conductors and the? Because you look you were yes. quite you were quite fond of the train driver. I remember. Yeah, I like I, th- I think the conductors um, and the train driver they the only sensible people on that train and the older actors and the you know like google look at the kind of work they've they had done mm. they've done serious movies and they brought a little bit of kind of gravitas to the roles yeah like when, yeah. when when they're finding bodies and things you know it's generally you can see the look on the face instead of just screaming i did like the conductors i i also like the smallest acts in the world that's, that's, yeah, that's that, was, that was odd. It was like it was yeah. almost like someone had cut the blade of the axe in half. Yeah, toy axe. Yeah, but, the, but then do like, that. But then later they get the axe out anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, like I, I also I also like because there's a bit of a confrontation with the conductor, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, near the end of the movie, and the way he kind of puts this like bravado of this guy down just by talking to him. I think yes, that's what you want. He's a, you know? the, the actor's name is Ben Johnson, and he was known for doing a lot of westerns, and you can kind of yes. see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he worked with John Ford on things like Shane. Uh, he w- worked with Sam Peckinpah on The Wild Bunch, um, loads of other stuff. He, he like he's got a, a very hist- historic career working with some big names and talent, um, and you can see that that has rubbed off. Even though he's in this low budget, you know, 
not so great kind of slasher movie. He does bring something to it, and I I, I spent a lot of my time just watching him because yeah, it, I thought he was I thought he was best thing in it. Yeah, and I, I think he you know he's responsible. He's uh, composed. He you know he has a laugh. He's laughing at own own expense. He talks about him struggling to keep a business running, and that's why he's still doing this as kind of like Johnny on the spot kind of like short train journeys. And again, like with the train it's journey, not a short train journey. No, it's not no idea where it's going. No, exactly. But that that was one of my main issues. It was like I get if they were getting on a train to go somewhere to a, to another place to an event, but like, is it just doing a circuit? What's it doing? Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, I have no idea. But, and then soon towards the end of the film, they're like, "Well, we're almost there. We're almost home." There are things they could have done with it because very early on, when when the first body is found, he goes and speaks to the the, the driver and they say, "Well, we we can't do this because we'll back up this and." We've got all the trains on the track. There's all, and you could have built something around around that, and it just never mentioned again. Obviously, because the, the the driver gets thrown from the train, and I I didn't like that because he's an innocent. He had nothing to do with it. You don't see it as well. So I think uh, I'm, I'm going to go into spoilers now. I think okay. because uh, I think this this is kind of one of my favorite elements of it. Like we said, the last 15 minutes are really good. Yes. Good cat and mouse, good fight. Jamie Lee Curtis is great. Um, she actually slammed this door into one of the stuntmen uh, and it was supposed to be a collapsible door, but it actually was a real door and it, dam- it made the guy like damage his head, made him bleed. And she wouldn't return to the set for like two days because she was that upset about it. I don't know if that's in the film or not, but uh, who knows. It's a really good. It's a really good, and I think that kind of makes up for a lot of the film is the last fifteen. Yeah, minutes. and I, the way it's filmed is good as well. Mm. I think it, you, you're properly kind of running with it. You're properly doing that cat and mouse, and mm. I like the kind the, the the contrast with the clothes as well when the, when it has red on it. Yeah, it yeah. really stands out. Yeah, and I, I it just look it just looks great, and it's dark, and I yeah. like the bit where he's, she's locked herself in a cage and he's destroying all the lights, um, so he can stab her with this massive crowbar, biggest crowbar I've ever seen in my life. And then he she manages to stab him, and he falls off falls off the train supposedly, but he comes back um, when they think he's dead, and he comes for them. It, it's revealed that actually Kenny for a long for the longest time. They think it's the magician and they assume it's a magician even after he's fallen off the train. They're like, and then they find the magician with swords in him in inside his kind of case, his magician's case. So they're like, oh my God, it's not him. Who could it be? And best way of getting rid of the magician, I think. All yeah. magicians should be stabbed in their own Just boxes. Stab them, stab them. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very odd David Copperfield appearance. And he's very creepy and it looks really creepy. He is, that, he's, he is he's, creepy. He's meant to be a big red herring. So we, we find out that uh, Kenny is alive. Shock horror. Um, again, it's not really a who done it. It's it's kind of like how they've done it, and I think that plays into the magician thing because it turns out that Kenny is actually the female assistant, seemingly the female assistant to David Copperfield's magician. Now, I think this plays in a little bit to the story because there's moments where it's like that's not possible, or did I see that, or is that a trick? Like when the lizard guy in the lizard costume is killed, it's covered in blood. They find the body, and then later they find the body again, not covered in blood, but Kenny is now inside the costume, and it's kind of like, well, how could he do that, and how can this happen? And I kind of like to think that he's that good an illusionist, that good a magician, that that those things that you can slip in and out, slip in and out of the costumes, you can make people see stuff. Um, I like I like that element. 
element. And I also like the kind of the cross-dressing angle as well, because I think it's a twist you don't see coming. Because I think I think they do it quite well. I think I think you mentioned there was a there was a masculine features mm. uh to to that particular character early on. Um and I was like, I'll keep quiet because because that's a big twist coming. And uh and then when it's revealed, I think it's like it's a double it's almost like a double reveal. It's a double twist. It is Kenny, but it was actually the magician's assistant. So I think I like that. Uh, I like the kind of LBGT influence kind of stuff, the cross-dressing influence. I think that's kind of cool. And and you could potentially see this because I think even Doc has a bit of a, a man crush on his friend who's going out with Jamie Lee. I think you can see that in the film as well. There's a bit of, you know, he spends a lot of time kind of longingly looking at him and saying, we're best friends. Leave her. She's, she's a mistake. Don't be with her. You don't want to date we want to be together even though he's with Mitchy as well so maybe and the, maybe, the practical he, jokes are part of that aren't they yeah exactly and there are there are a lot of quote and joke quote jokes that don't really work there's like we're like we're like oh this should be funny or this should be a joke but it really nothing no, it's not humorous and it's not so bad that you could laugh at it because it's humorous it's kind of so it's it's bad that it's bad but still, in my in my eyes, still better than Prom Night. But again, I might need to rewatch Prom Night now, so I, I don't know. Uh, the film ends as uh, the conductor hits him with a shovel. <laughs> 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 this is the bit you were you were laughing. We're all laughing at, to be honest. As he falls out of the train, screw. Well, no, he kisses Jamie Lee Curtis, doesn't he? Kisses spins her, around. Starts doing his spin. <laughs> spins. And then <laughs> the conductor comes out, whacks him with a shovel, whacks him again, whacks him a third time, falls out dives off off the train off the bridge into some icy water but he hits the ground before he goes into the icy water and then just floats away and that's basically how the film ends there's no other like, there's no his other little, like his little shoes left on the side <laughs> <laughs> like he was going to need those anyway well you know keep him warm <laughs> so uh so yeah and you get and but it does it. just that's how it ends isn't it and then the credits just come up yeah uh yeah so that's that's it that's that's terror train um so that was uh do you think new year's plays into it that much because it feels i think it feels more like a halloween it's it's more a halloween like or a costume party like because i I've, I've not been ever been to a new year's eve party where it's been a costume thing oh no wait i tell a lie i tell a lie i did like a murder mystery party thing and that was kind of a costume thing they don't really they only mention it once or twice in the whole movie don't they that's like new year yeah it's, it's not it doesn't play a huge part the holiday no no not really no. It's a bit. It's a bit. Everything's a bit ambiguous in it, isn't it? Let's be honest. Oh sure. It's like you said. He's he's wrote the, he's wrote the name of the film down before they've started even doing anything with it. Hmm. So that's you can see that very much in the kind of um, production of it. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Terror Train before we move on to New Year's Evil? Is there any? Many I more? liked the Evil. guy with the glasses, the chubby guy who walks around with the clipboard. The the the, uh, the Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah, I liked yeah. him. He was a nice. He was literally a nice guy. He was helping everybody. Yeah. Did this. He did this. Like he does this quite. Probably one of the bits that made me laugh was he does this impression of like a Republican uh, yeah. senator or something, which I I thought was quite quite funny. But, quite. And 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 even he he offers help, doesn't he? So if yeah. you ever feel for you, not because he wants to banger, yeah, because he genuinely is a nice guy. Yeah, like in this, you know. You know, speaking in the kind of Me Too era, like he's genuinely was like, if you feel creep, if you feel creeped out, or if anyone's hassling you, just come and find me. Like he's a genuine friend, like a genuine guy. He's not part of this like fraternity who's bullied. No. Um, you know, he's just a genuine, and he's not a friend. He's not. He's not doing to to sleep with her or anything. He's just like just a mate. And and also, what I like about it is he does what I do. 
he uses a clipboard to make him look important. Yes. Because if you're walking around anywhere with a clipboard, people take note. And a, and a high-vis jacket. Yes. High-vis vest, and you you people treat you. there, you. yeah. I, I genuinely think you could probably get in anywhere if you have a high-vis jacket. High-vis jacket and a clipboard. Yeah. And just, and just be like, yeah, yeah. Everything seems above board here. Yep. And then you go, oh, that's bad. Can I see your supervisor, please? <laughs> don't let me, don't make me get him. He's going to come down here in a second. He's going to, you know. So you're you're asking the line here. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah, you, better, yeah. better let, you better let me into this secure area quick. Get Go and get Brad or Craig. I'm telling yeah. you. So, anyway. uh, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say about it or um, points you wanted to make? I was underwhelmed. That's yeah. it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't even just whelmed. I was underwhelmed. You're whelmed. Underwhelmed. Uh, fair enough. Well, let's talk about the next film from, uh, from Canon Films. Yay! We <laughs> love <laughs> Canon. New Year's Evil with a with a bit of an earworm of a song which you've already heard on the podcast with the introduction. Considering this film is about pop punk, um, it's not much pop punk in it, is there? <laughs> or no punk or, or or new wave or you know it's kind of it's still got a bit of a seventies vibe on it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's punky, but it's trying to trying to be like. We're into we like punks and we're celebrating punks. Um, I'll tell the I'll tell the plot of this one, shall I? Well, you did last time anyway. No, I didn't. You did. Yeah, I did, and then you went into more details. You always do. Fair enough. Well, do you want to do the less detailed version, and I'll do the more detailed version? No, it's fine. You you go ahead. I'm just pitching, mate. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long year for you, has it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so New Year's Evil it revolves around a uh, a TV presenter called Blaze, who is a forty year old woman, fifty year old, fifty year old woman, older woman, um, sixty. Not not probably what you know the punk the punks would be into. You know the representation of punk music was you know I don't know if if slightly older people you know would they they buy into that if it was a slightly older person being into punk. But um, that's just that's just my opinion. You know, maybe they got really into that. They were like, "Yeah, old punks are great." There's so many old punks about. I'm sure. Uh, anyway, <laughs> she, she she was more glam, like yeah, more like than glam, punk. yeah, more like glam metal or yeah, a bit more, a bit more kiss. Uh, the the, yeah, the very heavy like, makeup and stuff is far more glam than punk. Yeah, it was more like hair metal, wasn't it? Kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah, almost. But anyway, uh, she has a hotline. Um, that people call in, they kind of just say what their favorite song is, I guess. And it's kind of like a top of the pops type program, but more, you know, towards the punk aesthetic and music and stuff. So she gets a call in from the show of a guy from a guy called who's calling himself Evil and as a voice changer. And he says he's going to kill someone uh, in every time each of the time zones in America hits midnight, he's going to kill another person. Um, now, I, I initially thought he was driving to each of the time zones to do this. Um, but you pointed out, no, no, he's still in Hollywood. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that makes more sense. Because I, I thought it was completely not feasible, the idea. Because <laughs> Speed of sound, wouldn't it? Get, get across. It, I mean, te- I did look it up. It technically is possible, but you basically would just have to be on a constant flight to, to hit New Year's Eve in every time zone, and that's not including Hawaii or Alaska. So, so the fact that you pointed that out to me was like, okay, yeah, that's that's a bit more feasible. That you know, because initially I was like, he's he's at the there at the beginning, and then he does a round trip. I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> uh, but yeah, you were like, no, no, he's still in Hollywood. Down, I was like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. 
because it's not explained very well. No, it's not. It's not. It's not, it's not explained. But anyway, so he's doing that, and and, she, and he's like, I'm going to kill anyone, everyone that's close to you, and then I'm going to come for you. You're the final victim. Um, and he's kind of like this misogynistic killer who he uh, scars the breasts of of the women he kills and things. So it's it's and he has a speech at the end which is just like. I hate women. Women are rubbish. You know, it's just pure. The villain is just pure misogynistic. Now, what I like about this this villain is that you see his face throughout the entire film. Yeah, you know exactly who he is. But there's still a reveal at the end. There's still a there's still an unmasking, so to speak. Um, Again, we won't spoil it until later. But uh, I do like that. I I like the premise. I think the premise is plays in a bit more to New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve and the holiday of it. Uh, And obviously, he's on a very tight schedule. It's on a very tight schedule. Yeah, but is he? He seems to take a lot of time. He does. Yeah, it does stick about. So uh, it it opens quite strong as well. Yeah. Somebody gets a phone call and they're like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. And it's a friend of Blaze she's speaking to. And, and then uh, she gets she gets switchbladed to death in the shower. It's kind of, it's almost like an opposite psycho, isn't it? Because it's, mm. he's actually in the shower. I wonder who was done on purpose. Maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't know for sure. What I do know is the, the actor who plays evil, uh, the voice changer thing that they were trying to use didn't work. So he, all the vocal... Stuff he does, that's all his own voice. So he's like, I am evil. All that sort of stuff. It's it's he's doing that all by all by himself. Acting oh, talent. Acting bless. talent. But yeah, tell us tell us a bit more about this, Dennis. Tell us um, what you liked about it. I I I like the kills in it. I thought the kills were better. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the premise a little bit better too. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they do mention New Year quite a lot. And as much as he hates women, let's be honest. Blizz is a bit of a dick. She doesn't have a lot of agency in this. Um, no, that's, and that's the one. That's the one issue. One of the issues I have with it. You know, is, when 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 she when he says, and there's also in the speech as well, he just referenced her the fact that she he doesn't bother with a kid anymore and doesn't do this and doesn't do that and it's all work and nothing. But um, I liked I liked the fact the policemen are actually useful. For yeah, a slasher like, movie. Yeah, like that was that was surprising. I like that change because she 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 has one bad phone call and she's like, right, got to call the police. I was like, kind of like, mm, if this show has been going on for as long as I think it has, you know, for some time, she's popular. People know her. She's a big deal. You know, her name is around town for you know for some reason. Uh, even affects her son and his you know career being an actor and stuff. And yeah, but she just like. She got one bad phone call, calls the police, and they are straight there, and they are dealing with it. And, and they figure it out. Yeah, they actually so- they actually figure it out. That's a detective so- work. They solve it. Yeah, they yeah, solve it. Yeah, which, which, is- which, which is which is unheard of in slasher history. I think. Yeah, um, you- I think I think the acting's better in it as well. I think that the killer, I think he's he's pretty cool, and I think he's is is you can believe that he's mental and that he this is what he's doing. I just my only problem with it is he's on a time scale. Yeah, geez, he doesn't have to take his time. A lot of like change, changing disguises, flirting with women, well, getting trying to let's, trying to let's have be sex honest. With them. If you had to kind of have a schedule, you got to do four murders. Hmm. You'll either one already have them lined up, kidnapped, ready in a box somewhere. Yeah, I guess. Two, you'd go for the lowest denominator, typical serial killer, like a prostitute or something like that, so you can hmm. so because the red sounds awful, but the, you know they're on the street. It's you know it is the eighties. Um, you know, the height of the kind of serial killer stuff in America. So that would be very easy. But he goes to these massive kind of like, you know, putting on makeup and mustaches and pretending he's a priest and <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah. And you're thinking, 
it'd be far easier if he just... I don't think he's planned it as well as you think he has. Mm. My, one of my favourite bits while watching it, uh, which came from Sarah, your wife, when uh, when he's, he's changing his outfits and she's like, oh, he's got wonky tash on. He's like, oh, that's a rubbish disguise. That's a terrible disguise. No one would believe that. And then a couple of shots later, she was like, oh, there's another killer. No, 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 no Sarah, that's, that's, that's just him without the tash on. So, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, but no, I, 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 and it's, I know we're going to get into the kind of the, the shooting stuff and things um, later on, but it just looks a better, better movie. To say they were released within a couple of months of each other. Yeah. One looks really like and, and 70s consider- and one looks definitely 80s. So exploitation is like, if you don't know, was that um, Canada were trying to give, we're giving people basically a grant to make films in Canada whatever they wanted to make, they were just like, what do you want to make? Here's some money, go. Uh, and, you know, David Cronenberg came out of that, Black Christmas and Bob Clark came out of that, you know, a lot of big big talent and stuff. So it was very much like a fast book, get in, get out, do it. And Canon was kind of of a similar nature. It was like, do it quick, get it done, bash it out. But apparently for this one, they were most they were mostly left alone to do what they wanted with this film. They were mostly just like, we're busy with other stuff. We've got other things going on. Manahaham Gloha. Uh, I think that's how you say it. And and the other guy, the Globus guy, they were literally like, they were not involved. So they didn't have much interfering or hands-on management. And maybe in some ways you can tell because it doesn't, looking at it, I wouldn't think it was a canon film, kind of. No, but no. But then, but then part of me thinks it does look a bit like a canon film. The production film. value seems higher in it. I think the cameras they shot it on were probably better as well. You, you've got a bit more definition. It's very hard because it's almost like choosing which is your better turd. Um, <laughs> that's that's what my Clone Boys is all about. Yeah. Take the two very shit films and we say He's, which one is the least shit. With, with this one as well, music's funky and ridiculous in yeah. it. Oh yeah. But as somebody who's planned this meticulously, he doesn't have to get himself into a few scrapes, doesn't he? For no apparent reason. He, at one point, he runs into um, a, a bang, a gang bang. I can notice when he's talking to a gang bang. That's <laughs> a Freudian slip. <laughs> You got Mike Gank. <laughs> is, is that what is that what you is that your schedule? Are you on schedule to, to get involved with a gangbang before midnight? <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. Um <laughs> but it's like it doesn't forward the story on at all. Okay. Really. Apart from the fact he then kidnaps a, a car. Yeah. Makes the woman makes another, ki- makes another yeah. kill. And but that's yeah. the thing where they talk about. My my big issue in comparison with the other one is that Blaze, like you said, is a bit of a dick. You know, she's pursuing a career. She's ignoring her her son. You know, he's he's. We need going, to talk about the son. Yeah, don't get don't get me started just yet. But she, for me, she has no agency. She's constantly surrounded by police. She never actually fights off the killer at any point. She never like run like runs away or escapes. She's always knocked out or on the floor. Like in the finale, she's got fuck all to do with it. There is a good sequence where she goes up in a in a lift when she's tied chained to a lift, and that's going up and down and might kill her. That's great. But again, she's got no agency. She's been a total dick. She's panicked. She's been scared all the way through. I I, I don't identify her with as much as kind of Jamie Lee character in in that who's who I feel sorry for because she's not really a part of it but in this I kind of was like I'm not I'm not like a misogynist but I was kind of like I just don't like the, the person Blaze is not because she's mm. a woman just because I don't I just don't she's a good, yeah dick there's there's not a point in the there's not a point in that in the film where she does something nice or like no. I think they call it like save the puppy moment or something like that in films where it's like 
oh, even though they're not a great character, they've done at least one nice thing. And there's not a point in this film where she does a nice thing, really. She just finds dead people and goes, I'm going to get killed. The nicest thing she does in the film is that weird dance on stage. Yeah. And even then, it's just like this weird kind of like, oh, hey, I'm going to do a, I'm, I'm funky and I'm cool. Yeah. Like, it's like it's like your mum trying to be cool. She's like, and now we're going to play Green Day. It's a bit cringe. It's a bit Pornhub. Yeah, it's a little bit the acting there. Like, I get what she's doing. She's like, it's almost like she's doing bad acting, good acting mm. while doing bad acting. You know what I mean? So I understand that. But it just, again, I think it's just, I, I don't buy it as a punk station like i as a punk program i wouldn't like i don't think punks would turn in to watch her i don't think she's that punk but, but something that both films have in common which you haven't mentioned okay. is the very poor dancing yes uh 1980s dancing was on another level definitely it was absolutely immense it's not it it's brought not me sad. a lot of joy it's well i mean prom night's worse for that it's pure disco prom night which is i think is much much worse there's like very long dance sequence in that which is horrific but yeah so there is there is that i have an issue with that and the sun is like again another character that's just batshit crazy like you meet him he's very nice he's like hey mom i I need to tell you something she's like "Yeah, yeah i'm too busy i'm too busy walks away and then he just starts tearing up her pantyhose you know, tights, wearing them, putting a needle through his ear, piercing his ear, eating, chop- eating eat, it, eating flowers that he brought his mom, spreading himself out on the bed. And again, all the while, this whole killer thing is going on, which evil has said, I'm going to kill someone that's close to you. She doesn't for a second in the film think about her son. Not one fucking second does she go, oh, people that are close to me, who could that be? <laughs> doesn't think of that, doesn't think of her husband, doesn't think of, of him. And, I, and I'm kind of like, I was kind of like either... Either you should get killed or you need to like really turn shit around at the end, which doesn't happen. My problem with the son, you have no idea why he's crazy. It's it's not and it's not good at crazy acting either. It's just no, like, I'm, no. crazy. I'm crazy. I'm gonna put some tights on my head and, yeah. and walk around the place. Uh, which I, I particularly like the fact that his earring keeps changing ear. I like that. Yeah. That was quite funny. And then and he pops downstairs, looks at his mum in these cyclops visors. Um and then just disappears again. And, yeah. I, and, I, and the thing is, I think they're trying to imply that he might be the killer, but we know he's not. Because he's there all the time. And again, there's a there's a twist at the end where if you didn't see all the shit with the sun, it would be a better twist. He's also, he, he has like this, there's a moment in it where he goes, I had a surprise for you. I don't want anything to do with it now. And runs off. Wah, wah. He's like, what, 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 what? What's happened there? Has he just, mm. you know, has he had a hissy fit? I think, I think this could be a, a good opportunity to, kind of talk about the twist because i thought the twist was great i didn't i didn't see it coming i'm usually quite good at guessing yeah but i really didn't see this one coming at all and it was a pleasant surprise sarah didn't see it coming at all because she can't tell mustaches from glasses from anything to be fair to be fair you guys didn't see see that that other twist coming with the with the magician's assistant on the terror train no but it wasn't as you knew it was Kenny. surprising yeah it wasn't you knew, as surprising. You, knew the, you knew technically the killer was kenny but you didn't know it was going to be no as the assistant. So again, how many, think, how many wigs did Kenny have on? About 20. That's just weird. Tell, so us, what, about, tell us about no, the you, twist. You, no, you tell us about the twist. Okay. So, so obviously we've seen the killer's face throughout the entire thing. And again, he does wear a mask, but it's only like in the last 10, 15 minutes. And we learn as he's, he's finally in the room with blaze. He's wearing the Stan Laurel mask. He's got his, his knife out. He's going to throttle her or whatever. Uh, and 
she turns around and she screams and she's like, ah! And uh, the policeman's outside the door and, like, the whole thing is on lockdown. People aren't allowed to leave. The psychologist has come in. Like, the police are actually doing their fucking job for once. Like, literally doing everything a fucking police should do in a slasher movie situation. So, again, I did appreciate that. Um, He goes in, takes off the mask. He's like, it's me, it's me. And she goes, oh, Richard. And it's her husband. It's her husband who is evil and is coming to kill her and has been killing all the way through. And we get reference to him a couple of times throughout the film very briefly. Where's Richard? Yep. I, need, I want my husband. Where's Richard? What's he doing? He won't be here for later, you know, till later, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, and then we have he he knocks out the policeman after the, the policeman is reported that the husband is there. They find his abandoned car next to the dead woman. So they figure out, again, like you said, the police figure out who it is. Yeah, because like the, the sergeant, he comes out and goes, how did you get in? I, I, I spoke to the agent. He's like, really? Goes off. Can someone just get me the agent, please? Yeah. Straight away, he's on the bar. He's like, yeah, exactly. are you sure you're in the right movie? <laughs> I loved it. Again, it's it's a nice yeah, twist a nice yeah. twist on those genre tropes, yes. um, which you see day in, day out. Like they, they go, right, well, the police are involved, but how can he get past and how does he get in? You know, how does he do that? And again, he's sort of planned this out because he's, he's got the electrical gear and gizmos and he's he's tripped the elevator in a way. I, I, you know what? That, I didn't like that because I, I think even in the 80s, I would have hoped elevators were constructed better that if you stuck a screwdriver in them it wouldn't just <laughs> make them go up and down constantly that's it. that's it so i was like oh really and mm. the fact he could just go into the feed of the camera mm. inside the lift by clipping some you know crocodile clips to a bit of metal mm. <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna stick my screwdriver in here and move it up mm. and down he corners blaze because he's been making recordings of all the kills he's made and he's played yeah. them and he's played them live on the telephone while he's on the phone with Blaze. And, you know, they've, they've not, again, they've not been like cross-referencing those calls or, um, you know, just like see who's on this line and who are they and are they crazy? And they're like, you've got to keep him talking. You've got to keep him talking. You know, all this stuff, we've got to find him. And they keep, they keep, do they do keep finding the bodies throughout. Again, very good police work, you know, especially on New Year's Eve as well. It's probably at its busiest. Um, but yeah, and he corners her and he kind of explains all his misogyny. He's like, women are deceitful and evil and manipulative. And he's like, and then she's like, it's you. And he's like, yes, I'm evil. Which I think <laughs> probably my favourite, it's my favourite line delivery. Yes, because he's not like, yes, I am evil. It's like, I, yes, I'm evil. I, I am, I'm evil. I'm evil. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm evil. evil. I'm evil. All things, yeah. I'm evil. So again, it kind of works. And then it's, it's a bit like, and again, he goes on and on and on. And he talks about his how his his son's been, you know, trying to get a part in a in a series, a lead part in a series, and he's not used Blaze's name to get the role. He's done it all on his own. And he's just like, you've just ignored him. He's tried to tell you, and da 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 da. Um, and again, we don't see the son and the the father interact, which coming towards the end, I think we needed a bit of that. Just one scene of them interacting would have helped. And there's a great line, another great line. She was, he was like, "I can hear your heart breathing." I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I quite like that. Yeah, your heart beat. I can hear your heart. Yeah, hear your heart beating. I don't like that. I don't like that. Some of the yeah. some of the delivery is brilliant, and it's quite it's quite comedic and quite fun. He's having a blast, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, he gets cornered, and then they shoot, and she tie, he ties her to the elevator and sends her up and sends her down. How did he get that head up there? God knows. But he's, he's got cameras in there as well. He's got a camera yeah. in the in the thing. It's all wired up. I, yeah, it kind of it gets a bit silly. And I, and I will say this: I think 
I prefer the finale Terra Train to the finale in this because he kind of it, it just becomes a shootout and it's a very generic shootout. He runs up, he runs upstairs, and and then they corner him on the roof. He recites some Hamlet for some fucking reason and then jumps and he's dead. To be fair, the last 10 minutes could be TJ Hooker. Absolutely, yeah. It's just very generic. I think the rest of it's been really good, but that that was the bit where I was like, oh, you've let it. It's the reverse of Terror Train. Yeah. Like Terror Train's a bit crap all the way through and then it kind of flips. And, and then again, the son picks up the mask and he's like, he's having all the problems his dad did, even, you know, and he's like all that shit. And then seconds later, they put him in the, they put Blaze in the ambulance because she's again, fucking useless in this. Uh, they put her in the ambulance and, and, and he's going away and they're like, right, set off to the hospital. And then the son is wearing the mask and has killed the ambulance driver in front of a million people. Yes. They're um, all they're all looking at the ambulance, hmm. and not one person thinks, "Why is why why is Stan Laurel driving that ambulance? Has <laughs> anyone has anyone seen that?" And it, 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 it's so that I, I, it's frustrating stuff hmm. like that because to me it's just lazy. You it's, know, it's a sequel. It's a sequel hook. Speaking of sequels, in the original credits, there was a tease for another canon film slasher, which was called "Be My Valentine or Else." And uh, that did come out, but not under that title, which I believe they changed it because of My Bloody Valentine, which uh, which came out at a similar time or the year before. And uh, it ended up being called X-Ray or Hospital Massacre. Um, yeah. it's, not, it's a completely different killer, completely different storyline, but it is a slasher from canon. So uh, you could always look at that one in the future if you wanted. Yeah, yeah. You know I like a good slasher. You do. You do like a good slash. Um, and that's that's the end. It kind of ends there. And obviously the the, the song plays quite a lot. So, uh, so the, song, the song is in it a lot. It's a lot of a lot. And it's the least punk song ever. I, I, don't, I don't mind it, though. It's like, it's no, I shit. don't mind it. Like, yeah. It's shit. Like, it is yeah. shit. But it's kind of like I still kind of like it's like it's like a Christmas number one type film type song that you absolutely hate, but you end up singing it. Uh, do you know the the title New Year's Evil has been used quite a lot actually, um, as a not not in regards to this film, but in lots of other places. So um, twice DC Comics have used New Year's Evil as a title. So there was a set of comics that were released about villains that was called New Year's Evil. There was a, a kind of a holiday special they released the other year called New Year's Evil. WWE, WCW, NXT have all had events called New Year's Evil. There was a Dragon Ball Z marathon on Toonami, which they called New Year's Evil. There was a 2020 film, and there was a Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys mystery novel called New Year's Evil. Hardy Boys? Not, not, the, rest, as, not the wrestlers. As in, as in the Hardy Boys? No, no, not the wrestlers. The, the mystery, you know, the, the soul. Right, mystery. yeah. I just thought, God, he... He must have been in a lot of drugs when he wrote that. <laughs> and also in the cinema, when he when he's hiding out in the cinema, it says that Blood Feast is showing, or is a trailer to Blood Feast. Yeah. That is not Horschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast, a famous Blood Feast. Um, it's actually a Italian film uh, called La Dama Rossa Uicide Sette Volte, uh, which they renamed Blood Feast and distributed as Blood Feast. So, just in case you thought you were watching a different film within a film. It's lies. It's more lies from more magicians. Hate magicians. <laughs> Hate them. Bloody shit. They should, bloody shit. Lined up. they should all be lined up and they should all have to do one trick. And if it's not great, they get shot <laughs> or castrated and shot <sighs> and castrated. Just the men. Shot, shot and castrated. Shot, yeah. shoot, shoot them all. Fuck I them. don't. 
I, I don't get it. I don't get why people are so, you know, into magician illusion. Yeah. Look at me. I can make Statue of Liberty disappear. Yeah, but you didn't, did you? Because it's still there. Not real. It's not real. Yeah. It's not real. I magic. walked to the Great Wall of China. Like, part, no, you fucking didn't. Part, part of me, I'm not, I'm not like a, a skeptic, skeptic where I'm like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Because I quite, I, li- I quite like not knowing. If I do see a magician, I kind of like, I don't need to know how it, how it's done. I, I quite, I quite like the fact that I don't know how it's done. But again, I'm not a fan of magicians in general, anyway. But that's, uh, that's it. Commit, the commit, open fraud. <laughs> They might as well just knock on your door and take your money. If you pay to go and watch a magic show, you've basically let someone in your house to see your juror. Con ma- it's con men. Just con men. Yeah, con men. All about this. You should be on Watchdog. Magic, magical con artists. What was, what, was the one, what was the one on BBC Three when people used to like rip people off and they used to show people ripping people off? What was that called? I don't know. I had, like one, I had one sexy host and a couple of other guys and they were like, this, this is a trick and people are going to log into your phone and steal your information. Technically, technically, you should be able to go to trading standards <laughs> because because they're advertising something that they can't do. So it's it's almost like advertising false advertising. Uh, uh, yeah, a TV, a color TV, and you get it home, it's black and white. Mm, yeah, yeah. So so they're advertising something that they, they can't do. So technically, the 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 selling stuff wrong. I'm I'm I might start. I'm going to give the Jordan Stanza a call tomorrow because obviously I get bored and my mind wanders. Selling it, selling it all wrong to you, Dennis. They're selling it all wrong. How it's, dare it's they? It's disgusting. How yeah. dare they? Like if they said, I'm going to, I'm going to do a bit of an illusion. It's not really magic. I'm sure it was done late. If you want, it's just a bit of fun. I'd it's be a lot happier. It's a little bit shit. It's a little yeah. bit shit. Right. Well, I think it's time for us to come towards the end of our New Year's Eve celebration, our New Year's Eve party, if you will. And uh, we're going to compare the two films. So I think it's it might be a tricky one, but I always say this about the comparisons. I never never quite make up my mind with with either of them. Daniel, um, I just would like to say, put it out there right now, it's not tricky for me. It's not tricky. So you know 100%. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, I never, I never like to make up my mind. No, no, because I can be persuaded, and you can maybe often be persuaded yourself. Yep. And, and many of my other guests might might turn around on a decision they've made, and that, I think that's that's part of the fun of this. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how we get on. So, okay, first of all, let's talk. Let's go back to to the uh, let's get off of the next stop on Terror Train, and let's well, let's. I mean, it's Terror Train, and it's the comparison of both. But which film? In the first category, had the best writing, the better screenplay. New Year's Evil. New Year's Evil. Why yeah. New Year's Evil? I think the dialogue's better. It's delivered better. I think the story, the pace of stories, a lot better. It, it kind of bounces around quite well. Um, with Terror Train, it's almost like they, they just forgot about ideas and we're going to write it on the 15 minutes at the end, which, you know... We've both said 50, the last 15 minutes is really good. Yeah, yeah. I think the dialogue is poor. I think the premise is a little bit poor. There is absolutely no tension at all through any of it. <sighs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it's 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 got to be New Year's Eve for me. Yeah. I think my main issue again is I think I relate to the characters a bit more in Terror Train, just because a lot of people in New Year's Eve are just complete assholes or weird, like. There's nobody relatable, really. In, yeah, but in the only people you're going to relate to on, on Terror Train is the conductor or Jamie Lee Curtis. 
which I, I do. I, and, and again, I think that's uh, you're probably right there because I think that's more their performance yeah. than than necessarily the writing because there's nothing. The, the, all the characters are very bare bones. But then, like, what's the point of having that? Just him being weird, like. You know, it was like the director was like, "Just be weird." But again, that might not—that's not necessarily the writing, I guess. It is definitely funnier, like like when he picks up the two girls and he's trying to—he's trying to kill them before midnight hits, and you can feel his frustration. And she's like, she's like, uh, <laughs> meditation cured her nervous diarrhea. You know? <laughs> yeah, and All you that have sort of stuff. you have that kind of um, bit of a jump scare in it, you know, after that mm-hmm. bit as well. Yeah, yeah. Which there was absolutely no jump scares in Terror Jane at all. No, the kills are a bit like it's just like oh, it's happening. There's no real jumps or shocks, and and the build up isn't very good to those. Like the bit where Doc's being attacked and the, the he's searching for the killer in his room, and then just grabs his foot and stuff. It was like oh no, shocked. And even I think when what's the more go- terrifying was his footwear. Even even the bits where it's like it's it's almost like it lingers too long on the shots a bit. Yes, but- yeah, yeah. Again, that's not necessarily writing. But, no, um, right, writing for me, yeah. you know, I think the, the pace issues mm. with Terror Train are, are an issue. I think the dialogue in, in Terror Train is pretty non-existent. Mm. At least in, in New Year's Eve, you do get a little bit of character development with the main characters. You know, even if it's just a crappy misogynist monologue at the end of it, yeah. you get the reason why he's doing it. True. Um, I mean, I, I I understand why Kenny's doing it. I get, I get that he's... Proper, like, no, I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'm going to have sex with a dead body. You know, I don't want to ever be in that. And that might mess me up as well. So I get, I understand, yeah, I relate the, to that. But the thing is, I don't know. I just, I, it was almost too forced for me, Terror Train, mm-hmm. in the writing. I think that I, I just, there's a lot more variety. Too generic. There's a lot more variety in New Year's Evil to a degree. But then I quite like. The, the costume thing, the changing the costumes and the not sure and the, the illusion magic element of, of being able to do stuff within the train and without anyone suspecting them. I like those elements. But I think I do have to agree with you because it definitely feels, it is, it is pacier. It's just not, like there's a lot of time between the kills in Terror Trains. It, it feels like I'm on a, like New Year's Evil is, you know, it's like a bullet train and Terror Train is like a, Chugga 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 British Rail. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of and takes I, I its, think takes its really takes its time to build up steam, I think is a good analogy. What I'm about to say isn't something you usually put with with the slasher movie, but I think News Evil is a it's a more rounded movie. Yeah. You know, it's more kind of beginning, middle, and end, mm. where territory is beginning end. And yeah. you don't see all the murders either. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff happens off, off camera. Yeah. That is, is it, referred to. There is a couple. There is a couple like that in New Year's Evil, but I think they're presented in a better way. I yes. Think. Um, yeah, I think I have to go with you. I think even though the characters, I think, are written, some of the characters are written poorly I, I, in New Year's Evil. I think everything else kind of works. The killer works. The comedy works. The plot works. You know, there's a lot of stuff I like about the police and the and the idea. And you know, I, I do think they've kind of like like rammed punk music into it for some reason. I feel like the script had no punk music in it for a while. Well, well to be, we, we watched a documentary about Canon. You can believe them just saying, <laughs> put some punk music, it's popular. 
Uh, is anyone breakdancing? Put that in it, quick. Yeah, put that in it. Yeah, do that. Quick, quick. Um, but yeah, so I understand that. But yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you and go with New Year's Evil uh, okay. for the for the writing. Because I think on the whole, the script is tighter. It's better plotted. Even if the characters are bizarre and do fucking stupid, weird things. I think the humour works uh, and everything works. The There's tension. It's tight. It's compact. Yeah, again, it does let itself down a little bit in the final act. Um, I kind of think that, that felt a bit rushed to me, the final act. Mm. But I enjoyed. Probably run out of money. Yeah, it could be, could be. But yeah, I definitely enjoyed that. In in comparison to the the two films, I enjoyed the majority of of New Year's Evil over Terror Train. The majority of Terror Train. Okay, next up, acting. <laughs> oh who, God! Who does the best acting? Oh, um, uh, New Year's Evil. Because as we mentioned before, in in Terror Train, you've only got two people acting. Really, yeah. everybody yeah. else is either overacting, one dimensional. Or just kind of like like the girlfriend of of Doc, all she's basically doing is walking around wanting to shag. And yeah. it's I get it, I get it from a point of view that it's a slasher movie, the teen slashes and this and the other. There's no, there's no kind of the dialogue is dreadful again in a lot of it. And the bit when he's screaming, there's no, there's no development. No one, no, no one, and- no one at the end of this film has changed in any way. In the end of Terror, Terror Train, no one is. You know, no one's come to a conclusion or uh, learn anything. It's just like, like the, it ends up really suddenly as well. Like, it's yeah. just like, he's dead, end off. Like, there's no, like, there's not even, like, hugging the conductor, like, thank God no. for killing him or anything I, I, like what, that. cast ends. of, like, 50 people and only two of them really act in it. Really stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens to be Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, a legend in the world of Westerns. Yeah. So... I think I, I don't think the acting is much better in New Year's Evil, but I think it's the more lines me- it's are more del- memorable. It's yeah, more memorable. like you were saying, there were, there are funny lines delivered, like you know the nervous diarrhea and stuff, and the the, the voice changing thing, and you know he, the the people he he kills, <laughs> like the nurse at the beginning. I've I've only known you for five minutes, but I'm still gonna have a go. <laughs> um, I just I I think I do think the acting is better, and not just that. I can go through New Year's Evil and tell you the characters, like the yeah. the, the, the yeah, yeah. policeman, the the sergeant. Well, the only people who stand out for me is Doc, just for his stupid screaming and his his face you want to slap. David Copperfield. <laughs> he's only, memorable for all the wrong reasons. He's, yeah, he's memorable for being David Copperfield in a slasher movie. That's yeah, what's memorable yeah. about it. But no, I think I think I think the acting is better in New Year's Evil. I think I agree. Again, even if the the writing is is poorer for some for blaze and the sun especially i think it's just like it's just like act weird be weird and, and blaze is just like be an arsehole complete mm. arsehole but never get a comeuppance or never change or learn <sighs> yeah i just it's it's tough this i find it yeah, really yeah, tough because yeah. it's not it's not easy and please people make up your own mind see both of these films if you want um make up your own decisions if you <laughs> which one do, do you do what we didn't watch them back to back because I think it, I think it is good to watch these both back to back. Actually, I think there is there is good things about both, and there's not so great things about the other. But um, it made it far easier for me watching them back to back. Yeah, honest. I think so. I think they're they're easy, easier to remember. Yeah, I think the ensemble is better. On, I think you're right again, Dennis. I think New Year's Evil, even if the 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 decision with some of the characters, the way they're written, I, you know, it's, which I still have an issue with, it's much more memorable. I think the killer is the best thing in it. Yes, me too. Where, where the other one, he kind of doesn't have a voice. That's, that's the, the, it, there's an anonymity about the killer. Yeah, in I, I, I is, think in New Year's Evil, the, the the killer is kind of he's got 
charisma. He's almost like a Bundy-esque yeah. kind of. He's got a charisma. He's he's able to talk to people. He's Charming. able to kind of seduce yeah. them and charm them and stuff. And even when they reveal at the end, he still holds it together when he has to. Yeah, and and that, and even even that misogynistic you know rant he has. Uh, it does go on for a while, but it's. I'm still listening. You know, I'm still yeah. compelled to listen yeah. and, and pay attention to it. And you've already said two of the best lines. You know, <laughs> your heart's still beating. I don't like that. Well, I like that. I am evil. Yeah, uh, I'm evil. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to give that to uh, New Year's Evil as well. So next up is music. Oh, New Year's Evil by yeah. by by a country mile. Yeah, I I can't really remember. Much of the music, from if any, from I can't remember like a, a specific score or anything. But I think I think again, it's kind of a bit more. Uh, it's a bit more kind of diegetic. The music. I think there is obviously there's a band playing and stuff like that. There's all sorts of other things going on as well. You know, there's a lot of natural noise in that. There are there are there yeah. is a, there is a score, but it's very it's a very minimal. Score. How how many how many slasher movies do you watch and you singing the song? For the intro. True, yeah. I think there's not there's not many horror movies that have their own theme song. No, no. And, and <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's not something that normally happens. And again, I've I've taken the the song and used it in the intro and and ever since I've done that it's been stuck in my head that opening riff has been stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah. You know, the ding 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 ding. You know, I couldn't get it out of my head. I was singing it at work the other day when I was thinking about it, you know, and yeah, it's it's much better. Again, it's not punk. It's not it's definitely not punk. So if you're looking for like punk like even the even the dancing in that mosh pit was so weird in New Year's Evil. That mosh pit. And that scene when people start jumping over like yeah. a wall and for no reason. It's like, yeah. Where they come from? And, al- and also, also halfway through, they just start playing some like smooth jazz, and I'm like, yeah, yeah but, uh, punk, punks love a bit yeah. of smooth jazz. And they're all like just looking in the air, going, we're swaying backwards. It's still still better, but yeah, <laughs> still bizarre. But yeah, just just for the title track alone, it's got to go to uh, to New Year's Evil as well. So okay. next up, cinematography. Oh, this is tricky. This one is tricky because both movies do not shine when it comes to cinematography. Nah, you've got Canon, which looks a bit plasticky. I think a bit TV movie, a bit movie pristine. of the week. Yeah, a bit pristine. Like, yeah, like Dallas, like Dallas. Yes. Or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you've got the whimsical soft focus, mm. the long carriages, which I don't think are used as well as it should be done mm. in in Terror Train. It's just like cut cut to an establishing shot of the train. <sighs> I, think, I think if we look, okay, I think the lighting is better on Terror Train because there are scenes where they use shadows very well. I think I think the setting on the train, you're gonna have to use better better cinematography than at Los Angeles. Yeah. I think just just you're gonna have to be cleverer the way you do stuff. Oh God, I don't know. Can you shine a turd? I I, I think I'm gonna have to go with Terror Train. Just you know, I, I think just because it's it, it so reminds me of the, the Italian horror stuff, which you know I yeah. love. Yeah, there's, defi- um, there's definitely a, they've definitely made a choice. I get what they're trying to do a little bit with New Year's Evil because it's a TV studio. It's supposed to be fake. It's LA. Yeah. It's you know all that kind of bullshit and stuff. There is something to that, but it's not as Unique and there's a lot of steady cam use as well. There's a lot of like yeah, you're yeah. you're using the killer's perspective and things. That's not necessarily really done in New Year's Evil. But yeah, at least I don't know if there was any specific choices where I went. Oh, that's interesting. Well, it's it in like New we Year, said, New Year's the, Evil. The contrast 
at the, on the end chase of kind of like the the blood on Jamie Lee Curtis and mm. on her face, and I thought that was that that looked really cool. Mm. And you know, smashing the lights. I mentioned shadows, mentioned the soft focus. Bit, bit too little, too late with that one, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's just a shame they didn't use make the carriages look more like tunnels, like they, yeah. like they do in other movies, because I think that would be better. The use of stock footage just let it down as well. How many times you can film a train going past the same thing and then we we'll use it again and again and again. It's you're on a train, so just take 30 seconds from wherever you go. It's dead easy to do. But I do think with New Evil, it's very much a product of the 80s, early 80s kind of stuff. Yeah. Big it is crisp. It does remind me of movie of the week, you know, like a hallmarky type type thing. Uh, it's very crisp, it's very clear. It looks like it was filmed on a TV studio, most most yes. of it. Because it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be, I imagine it was. Yes. And, that, and that's the idea. But I think <laughs> I think I agree with you. I think... Yeah, I, th- I think by a pubic it's going to have to be um, Terror Train. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least, again, they made a choice. It, it, it's it's an unusual choice. It's almost like it's almost like a Tony Scott film. It's a bit like, I don't know what that is, kind of steamy or misty as that, yeah, and that I, soft I, focus gives it that appeal. And I did like that. I like, you know, when 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 the 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 lady um, gets killed in in the bunk bed, that whole scene is is really well shot. You know, from the hand to him, the the focus from above, her not really knowing what's going on. Then you got the blue curtains and stuff. So I I think just just really for that scene, I would have to give it to Territory. Yeah, I think so too. I'm agreeing with you a lot. Like on, a, well, I know I don't like this. I don't like it either, Dennis. We've got to stop. Right, final one. Direction. Which film was better directed? Oh, New Year's Evil. And why? There's a lot more elements to it. It does. It like I will give this to Roger Spotterswood of Tomorrow Never Dies. It was his first film. Yeah, so I'll give it. I'll give him that. You know, it you've, was. You've got. You've got. He wasn't stage. Editing. You've yeah. got on on location. Mm-hmm. You got the driving scenes. You got the murder scenes. You got the jump scenes. You've got kind of um, the, the use of the use of shadows in New Year's Evil is actually like it's not often, but I think it's done better. Yes, that bit when she's walking around the convenience store—that's really cool. Yeah, um, I think I think you can tell somewhat that Terror Train is a first-time director, and it yeah, and I imagine Terror Train was probably done on less of a budget than mm. than New Year's Evil, but. The fact is, New Year's Evil, um, Terror Train is on a train, and they don't make it as interesting. No, they don't use that environment. No, no, and don't I think do that, anything with it. I think a director of, of, of would look at both you and me have said they should use the tunnels, should use it, make it more. Yeah, yeah. Didn't do any of that, you know. But with <laughs> sounds silly, but with like New Year's Evil, Los Angeles is sleazy, and that mm. comes out of it a little bit. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's definitely a bit of. There's a sleazy feel to it, yeah. and and the the idea of him doing and the misogyny makes it yes. a bit more sleazy. The 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 way things are approached, the way things are done, the way things are said, and again, that the, the the shots in all the different locations are done expertly. Yes, like no matter what you say about the rest of the film, every scenario, every location is shot to the best it can possibly shot it, and, I also and think- it looks more polished. Yes, and there's no in in terror train. I know it's difficult, but there's no establishing shots. You don't know where they are. Like before each each moment he does what he's doing, there is established shot. Right, he's he's at a bar. He's doing this. Where he's is down, he? Down. Yeah. He's What's doing the location? This yeah. You know. So it's they have these lovely um, establishing shots. So it's gonna it's, for me. It's New Year's Evil again. 
Yeah. Well, that's four to New Year's Evil. So we have. So do you agree with me as well? Yes, I do agree with you. That's, I do that's five out of five. You agree with me? No, but no, four. Four out of four. Well, I mean, no, we actually no, I do agree five out yeah. of five. Sorry. I thought you meant I thought you meant New Year's Evil won five out of five. Four out of five yeah. is the winner. No, I agree. I totally agree. I, I, I think I, I you know what? Yeah. You know what's what? interesting about this, what's interesting about this particular clone boards is that I've seen both of these movies before. And I initially preferred Terror Train. So what changed your mind? Well, I think the direct comparison. Yeah. And I think I think the fact that you cleared up the you know the inconceivable thing of him driving through all the time zones. So so it wasn't the, my wife's bitching. No, no, not not at all. I mean, does that does that change your mind a lot? Um, well, it depends what she's bitching about. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but no, I, I, think, I, I, I think I think New I think Year's the, Evil. Yeah, I think the direct comparison because I watched the, like I didn't watch them back to back the first time. Yeah. I watched them like years apart. So I remember really enjoying Terror Train and the idea of it, but. And like New Year's Eve, I was like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's weird, but it's fine." But I think, again, this is what this is all about: the direct comparison can can make you think things that you've never thought before, or you know, make you consider things in a new light. And again, you've I've changed since I watched those films as well. I have a different opinion, a different appreciation. I've seen more things. I've done more podcasts. You know, I'm a different person, so I can appreciate them in a different way. And I think the direct comparison has led to the decision being made. What, what was my wife's favourite movie? She liked New Year's Evil 2. Did she? So, yeah, yeah, she preferred it. How did she sum it up? I, I, I can't remember what she said. Why don't you ask her? Is she there? How, how did you sum it up? No, the other one, the New Year's Evil. She can't remember. Can't like remember. My, my daughter just said there's too much train in Terror Train. That's right, and she'd be right. And she'd be right. But I mean, if you, if you are going into a, a film called Terror Train... It's how you use that train. It is. It come is. back to the same thing. Again. I think its biggest flaws is it doesn't use its strengths, mm. which is you're in a confined okay. space, claustrophobic, mm. you can't go anywhere, uh, nobody in, in Canada can hear you scream. Um, <laughs> so, the, you know, there's a lot going there where New Year's Evil uses Los Angeles, uses the sleaziness of it all, it uses that sleep. 80s kind of drug-riddled misogynist crap what mm. Los Angeles is kind of famous for back then but I, I, I just think it's a much it's, it's, it's a it's hard to, it's hard it's to a, say the New Year's Evil is a much better movie because yeah, it's a, it's, it, I think, it I think for, me, for me it's a tight race anyway like it's a really tight race for me because they're not like neither films are incredible but I think as slasher films I don't expect much from a slasher no, film no, like most, exactly. most slasher films but yeah there's, there's stuff I like about about Terror Train but I think it's more I like the ideas and the possibilities and I like the killer maybe a bit more in, in the idea of it being an illusionist and stuff and the idea of the the outfits changing. And again, I think there's a lot more there that you could do. I like a good revenge plot as well. I like a, I like a good revenge story, mm. um, you know, and I think that that's a good driving force. But again, it doesn't doesn't take it to the to the end of the line, um, so to speak. I, I also think for me, Terror Train a bit nostalgia because Jamie Lee, you know, you know, any slasher person has Jamie Lee quite close to the heart. Yeah, so sure. having having her in it, you kind of I will I will, I will say thing. that I will say this there's better bigger and better name actors in Terror Train or better known actors than yes. in New Year's Evil. But you know, is it as enjoyable? Not particularly. Is it, are the characters as well defined? No. You know, do you know why? I mean, the characters are acting weird, but you know why they're acting weird, or you yeah. understand it a bit more. With with them, they're kind of like again one note. So yeah, 
Uh, New Year's Evil, and we're going to wish everybody a happy New Year's Evil uh, as we're counting down to midnight, or it may already be midnight. I'll find out when I'll find out when I want to release this. Maybe I'll do it an hour before uh, the clock strikes, or something, something special, something unique. But it's been a great year, and it's been a great year with you, Dennis. Thank uh, you. So thank you, and you're not going anywhere because uh, next month we'll do our top five werewolf movies lichens and people are really looking forward to that i've heard a lot of uh yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of people are excited and i i think we, we, we've we've compared our list and there's some you know really good, good selection range. of movies good range yeah of stuff, really yeah. good you know from from kind of from, from history of cinema to kind of effects to the kind of lore of of, of lichen movies and stuff so i think it's a very good mix we've got uh, i can't wait to discuss those and to hear what everybody else's are as well uh, but we're going to stay away from the major ones we're going to stay away from yeah. the the american werewolves and the the uh the dog soldiers the ginger snaps the uh the howlings uh we're going to look at some slightly lesser known or slightly less appreciated uh werewolf movies as per usual um but they're also very 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 good um, I, i've enjoyed rewatching them so I it. forgot how much I liked wolf werewolf movies. I know you bang on about them enough, but I think I think after this, I'm done with werewolves for a fucking bit. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm but quite, I just I'm quite done. Yeah, it's like when we when we said with the werewolf by night. Think about werewolf movies; they're either done really well or they're horrendously bad. Mm. So there's no in between. Yeah. So hopefully this will get people back into those werewolf movies. Uh, Dennis, are you on the social medias yet, or are you still off? No, I'm thinking about it because of the, the kind of things we've got maybe lined up next year. Yeah. Even though it's just an Instagram, just to advertise stuff and put yeah. things on that, I, okay. I may do. I yeah. just find social media a little bit toxic. I am only really on it for the podcast. Really, I don't tend to post many views or anything. I have. Yeah. I just say. I just say. I'm just watching this. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I on it so I can get all my favourite programmes spoiled if I get a chance to watch them. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. Well, you can find me on my social medias at Secret Balls on Facebook, at Dan underscore Balls on Twitter, Instagram is at Spider Dan Secret Balls. And don't forget to use the hashtag Prepare for Prattle. And for everything else you need to know about the podcast, swing over to spiderdanandthesecretballs.com on the World Wide Web. I'd like to thank my Patreons, my Patreons, my patrons on Patreon. I'm Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Tony Farina, Scott Hodgson, and Simon Cox for their continuing donations it is very much appreciated and helps Pratt World keep on turning and if you ever find yourself in a position to help the podcast please consider it but Dennis I've forgotten yeah. one, one thing I wanted to do so uh, this year I've gotten everybody a lovely little present for helping me out with alternativity stories and okay. uh, and I've also got you one and I'm going to reveal it to you now nobody can see this uh, but I'm going to show it you here we go if you can make that out <laughs> So, so oh. for, be- for people who can't see it, it is a, a Tomb of Dracula style comic book cover T-shirt. Um, but instead of Tomb of Dracula, it's Tomb of Blackula. So the the 1970s black exploitation version of Dracula. So I thought that you'd like that. I thought you'd enjoy that. Yes, you you know me very well. I do, I do. I, I like to think so, uh, but I did check. I did check with Sarah to make sure you didn't have it already. Um, but yes, I know you're a fan of Blackula and Tomb yes. of Dracula, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. as we've talked about many a time. So yeah, I hope you enjoy that T-shirt when I next see you. I'm, I'm actually wearing the Demons T-shirt you got me for my birthday. 
I did get you a Demons T-shirt. That's right. That's right. Well, um, I'm glad. I'm glad I finally got to give that to you as well. Uh, so, it's yeah. awesome. It's so it good. Is, it is good. It is. It good. is I, so I good. did. I did do a good, good deep dive looking for the best one because there was a lot of. There's lots of shite demons teachers yeah, yeah. out there, yeah. but that, that's my that's my absolute favorite one. Great. Well, well, thank you, thank you so much for having me um, prattle with you over the last year. Absolutely, and and hopefully many more years to come as well. Many, yes. many more. You're not going anywhere, Dennis. I'll make sure of that. I'll lock you down. <laughs> I'll I'll fritzle you. I'll put you in my basement. Yeah. Well, I'm anyway. game for anything. <laughs> It's going to be like, don't breathe or something. Um, yeah. You're going to milk me. <laughs> milk you. And that, that, big, that big old prostate of yours. Um, yeah. It's, I'm getting that age. <laughs> ch- chance would be a fine thing. Um, yes. <laughs> anyway, wish everybody a happy new year. Wish my sister Sophie a happy birthday. Have a good one, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed us talking some absolute bollocks. So uh, good night and God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs>